0: Homage to the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha. Today's guided meditation continues on from the earlier session we conducted with the focus on having a dirty Dhamma practice. In this guided meditation, we were looking at where we still can't see as we're practicing Dhamma trying to manifest the Buddha's teachings, where we still go wrong. Whether it's with our Kalyanamittas, spiritual friends, our Dhamma teachers, fellow retreatants, in our Dhamma circles and Dhamma groups, and all the good things associated with Dhamma practice. So we remind ourselves why we are doing this meditation. We're not trying to become super clean, good people, although that may be part of the end result, but it's not the main reason. The main reason is because in order to progress on this path, to develop and manifest fully the teachings of the Buddha. To clear the mind of things which are obstructing us from fully knowing and realizing what the Buddha means, what he actually taught. We have to abandon or rid ourselves of these smelly, filthy Nasty defilements. From the earlier meditation, we saw some of the areas where it creeps in, where we may not have looked before or persisted in trying to clean up. All of us have a Way of sweeping things under the carpet, allowing things to fester, not owning up. So this meditation and the other one with a Dhamma focus is really our opportunity together to clean it up, to look where it's hard to look. And to give all of ourselves a chance of being better Dhamma practitioners who join into Dhamma circles, Dhamma groups, maybe leading Dhamma sessions, teaching, wanting to teach. If we don't follow what the Buddha says it's very hard for us to grow to progress and we are not suvacha. we're not easy to instruct we're not easy to give feedback to and we stagnate veer off the path or we don't grow so have this in mind as we go through the other parts of the vatubhama sutta the other upakilesas defilements mental stains have that in mind if there are examples that are painful or they strike a chord. Really look at it. Really focus the attention of the meditation there, within this guided meditation and outside this meditation. Think of it as a blessing to start to see what one can't or refuses to see. Think of it as removing the obstacles, removing the blocks, And if you take it in this way, the path starts to really unfold. There will be gladness in the mind. The mind will experience great pleasure. The body will relax and become tranquil. And there'll be a deeper happiness. It's not nibbana, but it's something that helps you to concentrate the mind. And from that place, you can discern and realize truth from Buddha's teachings. So get comfortable. Relax the mind, and let's begin. Let's examine hypocrisy, or pretentiousness, also known as deceit. It's when we profess views we may not have. Or virtues we may not have, or more than what we actually have, and when we want to hide bad qualities or actions in our practice, it comes from a place of trying to protect some kind of constructed self. Maybe we want to project more virtuousness, more than what we actually have, so we pretend or we act to show something that's not authentic. Or we try to hide Ducilla to qualities. What's hidden inside hypocrisy? is often a lot of dhusila, unwholesome, unvirtuous qualities or actions. In a simplistic way, what we do at home, we don't show outside. What we show outside when we come home, uh, we start to break all those things. The world that we live in is full of hypocrisy. If we look at social media, what's projected on Instagram, Facebook, all those places where it comes out in the news that a lot of it is fake, or organized religion. There's so many stories around organized religion and hypocrisy. And then you have politics, Hollywood, media, all those places. They're all places of sometimes make-believe, acting, thinking you need to behave a particular way in order to show something. In the extreme of Hollywood and Bollywood, a lot of it's showmanship, acting, really make-believe. But when there's that saying, all the world's a stage, this is where hypocrisy becomes pervasive. And in Dhamma we can see it as well, in Dhamma circles, with Dhamma teachers, Dhamma students. Buddha doesn't encourage hypocrisy whether it's in our thoughts or whether it manifests in our actions. It's a very Aukusala quality. We need to really investigate why it is an unwholesome quality. It's part of really knowing. And Always remember when we see it in other people, when we see it within our dhamma groups, within our dhamma circles, our communities, in our teachers, in our fellow retreatants, all these different, different places where we practice and manifest in dhamma. It's good to know when we see it in those places, it's like a mirror for ourselves. We may inadvertently do the same, or we may purposely deceive others through this hypocrisy. So what does it look like? It could be nicey-nice, always striving to be nice, when we're not really that nice, It could be fake friendships in Dhamma and not being honest within our friendships about our virtues or our bad qualities. It means that these friendships are quite superficial. They're more for show. And you see it playing out particularly with teachers and students in Dhamma. The teacher projects only what is good, denies having bad qualities, maybe not knowing something, really inhabits the role and therefore feels cannot show any blemishes. And students. Always wanting to be seen and acknowledged from a place of praise, worthiness, rather than showing authenticity. That's also a role. When some think he is too good to be true, it's worth looking at as well. We all have failings. And when we're unwilling to show or tell our faults, this is not something that Buddha encourages. Like on the Sapurasa path, Buddha always says, if someone asks, you tell. You tell your bad qualities, the full list of them. And good qualities, if someone asks, you only say a little. But this hypocrisy doesn't do that. This hypocrisy in... The mind is always measuring, analysing, protecting, trying to hold on to what it projected outside. And if we really examine it, and you simply examine what am I like at home versus what am I like outside, there's usually an answer showing some level of difference. Dhamma practice can really start to come together when what you behave inside your house in a wholesome way manifests outside in a wholesome way. Because you start to see what is really kusala and what is akusala and what is beneficial to developing the path And being a good example versus pretending it. As we know, when we try to create a particular self, construct a good self, and not want to show a bad side to that self, when we protect it, we fear being judged, we fear being rejected. We fear not belonging. Being excluded from our Dhamma groups or Dhamma friends. We fear being seen in poor light. But the truth is, we all observe, we all see this kind of quality in other people and other people see this quality in ourselves you always hear that person is such a hypocrite they talk about defilements but look at how many they're breeding look at their speech look at their action look at that teacher so much makka and yet they're so popular What a hypocrite. Oh, look at that student, my so called friend. She's always pretending to be nice, especially in front of the teacher. about hypocrisy is that these are often things we can't see. We can see them easily in other people and we don't like them. But we find it hard ourselves because these come from ingrained conditions, ingrained habits and this fear of failing at the level of a constructed self. And so we keep going. When we grasp to any kind of self that we think we should be, we go to bhaya agati, going the bad way through fear. And then all this type of behavior, the thinking behind it, then the behavior manifests itself. And it comes from all these different, different views about what's right, what's virtuous, what must be hidden. So you can already feel how complicated, how dense it feels in the mind when it's like this. It often doesn't see that there's a deceit in there. But it's really good to examine it as a deceit. If we don't like other people having this quality, saying a lot but not doing it, teaching it, but not demonstrating it, studying it, but not demonstrating it, manifesting it. Isn't that what lots of our family and friends complain about us in terms of our Dhamma practice? Oh, I thought you were um, studying this great Dhamma, going for all these sessions, uh, always in Dhamma, but look at how you treat us, look at how you behave. Hypocrisy is where we need to pay a lot more attention if we want to help others on the path and if we want to develop and grow our own paths. When you develop the path, this authenticity, this non-fakeness, this non-deceit, the non-hypocritical attitudes and behavior, it becomes really precious. It becomes really valuable. Authenticity means we can trust. Other people can trust. When we're fake, when we're pretending, when we, our behavior is in not in line with what we say and what we profess to believe, people can't trust us. And we should get really sick of fakeness in Dhamma. We should get really sick of covering up bad qualities. We should get really sick of pretending to be virtuous than what we really are. At least to admit that. If we can admit it, then we can work with it. In Dhamma groups, sometimes people feel, when they come for retreats or talks, that it's like putting on a show, and initially it seems really entertaining, but the more you attend these talks, these retreats, and you see the inauthenticity, you see the hypocritical nature of certain good students, good teachers, you... Start to see all the holes in that. And even if you want to give feedback, you can't. Because that person is fully imbued in the hypocrisy. And when you turn it around at yourself, you know that there's something to look at there. We need to get really sick of hypocrisy in others and very much in ourselves, through others we see it in ourselves, if we hate it in other people, we must know that it's something that other people will hate in us, it's the reason why people get turned away when we speak Dhamma, it's the reason why people won't come when we invite for a Dhamma session. It's a reason why people don't want to be around us. They don't trust us. They see the deceit. And even if they don't fully see the deceit, they can feel it. So, in the meditation now, ask yourself the question Am I pretending to know more than I do? As a teacher, when I'm asked a question, and I don't really have the right answer, or I can't quote the Buddha, do I pretend and try and cobble together something that may have ripple effects on the person? It's not quite the right answer, but I still give it. Why can't I admit I actually don't know? Do I pretend to have done more practice than I actually have? Do I pretend to have more attainments than I really have? Do I pretend to have connections and access to teachers and communities more than I actually have? Do I pretend to be nicer in Dhamma communities and circles than I really am? Do I pretend to be happy about things when I'm not really inside? I'm actually quite angry, annoyed, irritated, hurt. And what is my behavior inside the house compared to outside the house? How do I sit at home? How do I speak at home? How do I behave at home? Is it in line with the Dhamma that I'm preaching and holding out to the world, to the outside world? It's so very important to be honest with ourselves. Here, if we can see these things that we've been contemplating in the meditation, we start to disentangle something very important. You can see how you can self-sabotage one's own practice. You can also see how you turn people off. And how one cannot be trustworthy. We don't often think about it that way, that hypocrisy means people can't trust us. But you can see the connection when you contemplate like this. And that's a blessing. Because we all want to help others. We want to help our families. But they're the ones that see everything. And so it's not surprising if they think we're hypocrites. And yes, same within our dhamma circles, our community, with spiritual friends, with teachers and fellow students. The thing is we need to help each other to overcome hypocrisy. It's no good us all pretending. Yes, it's good to have the aspiration to be good, to be virtuous and not to have bad qualities. But it's self-sabotage if we pretend. And we also sabotage our teachers and our guides if we allow that as well. If we endorse bad qualities in teachers, it's not a good thing. It's the downfall of Dhamma for all of us. So let's make a strong determination to do our best to see where this Akusala exists. To actually make a strong intention that we don't wish to be this way. We don't need to force our actual behavior. But in this meditation, if we start to acknowledge it, to know that it is akusala, to start making choices, to actually see more of it, to see that as a blessing, to be able to see hypocrisy. And in this meditation right now, If we abandon, if we say, we don't want to be hypocrites, we don't want to deceive people, we want to be trustworthy to our spiritual friends, to our teachers, to our Dhamma circles, our Dhamma community. Then the mind lifts We lifted off the fear of being judged of being. thought of in the wrong light. We drop the construction. It's almost like saying it is what it is, but you dedicate to the practice to actually see on this path we will always clean. We tend to breed more defilements from defilements. And the only way to overcome hypocrisy is the opposite, the non-hypocrisy, the non-deceit, the non-fakeness more authenticity. That's the only way. And the truth is we all have bad qualities. We are all not perfect. At home we are still different from the way we are outside. But only when we start to look at it do we start to transform gently, gradually. And that's a very happy place. We don't have to spend lots of time thinking about what will people think. I need to hide that. I show this. Instead, when this really sinks in, it becomes more easeful. And you know it's working when you don't want to be around fake people. You don't want To actually cater to that kind of deceit. Because it's uncomfortable. You see the suffering in it. And that's the crux of it. You need to see the suffering in the mental stain of hypocrisy. There's so much suffering in harnessing, breeding, this kind of mental stain. And when you really see it, that becomes a very, very strong determination. The mind gets lifted. It's light. And the imagining of The absence of hypocrisy feels very spacious, very authentic, very honest, honest about this path, honest about the suffering, the pain of constructing even a good self. experiences such deep pleasure, joy, rapture. It suffuses the whole body from the top of your head all the way down to your toes. It admits how much pain comes from hypocrisy. And it realises it doesn't have to be like this. Body relaxes. Becomes very calm. And the mind also becomes very, very calm. quiet. Let's end the meditation here and share the merit and all the blessings of today's meditation with all sentient beings. May all beings be well. May all beings be free from suffering and may all beings find the right view. Wishing you all well. Blessings of the Triple Gem. Terawan Saranai.